definitely harness your energy, make the most of it, but also get to know yourself. Um, get to know yourself well enough so that you know the telltale signs of burnout and how to take care of yourself when you're burning out. Find your support network, build your support network of people who are like-minded and supportive of what you do, but also find people who you can have healthy disagreement and healthy debates with. Hi, I'm Stephanie. And I'm Bailey. Welcome or welcome back to Never Too Early. Never Too Early is a podcast under the Entrepreneurs Network, a network for and by female entrepreneurs. This podcast showcases youth changemakers, whether it be entrepreneurs, activists, NGO founders, or more, encourages them to share their journeys, challenges, and tips, and aims to inspire other teens and young adults to make a difference as well. Today on the podcast, we actually have not one, but two guests. On the pod, we have Jasmine Lee, the editor-in-chief, and Charlotte Ip, a writer at the Harbor Times. The Harbor Times is an independent English media outlet covering Hong Kong news and writing the city's best newsletter. They break down content on policy, diplomacy, technology, culture, and so much more. In this half-hour episode, they share their advice for wannabe journalists, the effects of COVID-19 on journalism, and how they use their platform for social good. Keep listening to learn more. Hi, everyone. Welcome or welcome back to Never Too Early. Today, we're so honored to have Jasmine and Charlotte from Harbor Times with us today. Um, how are you guys, Jasmine and Charlotte? We're good. Yeah, thank you so much for having us on the show. Yeah, it's thank great you. So before we start, we have a few questions that we ask every guest. So what is something that you're grateful for today? I can I can start if you don't mind. Um, I was I was thinking lately about how grateful that I am for um, for travel opening back up. Um, I know it's not so much in Hong Kong right now as it is compared to spots like um, the UK and within Europe. But I recently got back from a month um, in Spain, and that's been quite lovely. And I've been I've been really really grateful to be able to travel. Um, and to be able to, um, well, to travel without um, all the all the crazy COVID tests and things that you know we had to do if we wanted to travel last, especially last year. And um, yeah, that that would be my my one thing that I'm quite grateful for lately. That's amazing. I mean, I wish I could travel as well. I mean. This summer, maybe Hong Kong should be starting to open up and that would give us much more opportunity to travel. It's been like two or three years since I last traveled and I really miss it. What about you, Charlotte? What's something you're grateful for today? Well, I'm really grateful um, to be going to physical school as well. It's been something that I've really missed in like the, I don't know, like the two or three months of torture that my um high school principal describes it as, but I really miss seeing all my classmates and being able to interact with them on a daily basis. So I'm just really grateful to be back in person. Yeah, for sure. And like, perhaps for my school, like a local school, we started a bit later than international schools, but still having the opportunity to go back to school. And yesterday, my class and I, we went up, like we got up early to play basketball um, near our school it was really really fun so I think like all these little moments are really what makes up school life instead of you know just the academic part 
Um, so that sounds amazing. We're all getting into this call with a very grateful mind. Uh, for those who don't know, could any of you give a short intro about what Harbor Times does? Yes, of course. Harbor Times is an independent news publication based in Hong Kong, um, but our team is actually based all around the world, which is really, really cool. Um, but we do, we do definitely have people um, based in Hong Kong, like Charlotte, and also um, our managing editor-in-chief, Cyril Ma. I'm Jasmine, Jasmine Lee. I'm the editor-in-chief of Harbor Times. Um, I'm not the founder. The founder is the former editor-in-chief, Andrew Work. And it started out as a policy publication focused specifically on policy and diplomacy news in Hong Kong um, in the early 2010s. And ever since then, it's expanded into covering more um, news, culture, local startups, businesses, and local endeavors. And we definitely put a spotlight on the very local SMEs and culture art scene in the city, which is which has been really, really exciting and fun to expand into. Um, we we have a daily newsletter and our daily newsletter is called High Tide. It actually used to be on MailChimp, but in around 2020, 2021, I switched it over to Substack to make it easier to access for people who aren't subscribers and easier to share. And High Tide is a daily newsletter. It covers the latest headlines in Hong Kong. It's free, but we also do have a premium subscription for members who would like the full daily briefing, but, um, but you don't have to subscribe, of course, to enjoy High Tide. High Tide is free for everybody, and it makes keeping up with Hong Kong super easy. Um, and we also have our website, harbortimes.com, and those go into more longer pieces uh, or in-depth pieces. And we also have op-eds and uh, as well as submissions from guest writers who are, who are really interesting. We have some industry leaders and business owners and, and startup, um, startup founders who um, contribute to us. So that's, that's Harbor Times in a nutshell. Amazing. I mean, like, I really love how you mentioned that Harbor Times, like the team itself is from all around the world, but it focuses on news in Hong Kong. I think that gives a very unique perspective and also a very diverse team of um, amazing staff behind this news outlet. So you mentioned that like it is based in Hong Kong and it uh, revolves around news or different topics in Hong Kong. What do you think are some of the challenges in running a news media outlet in Hong Kong? Or are there like any differences between those in Hong Kong versus like somewhere else? I definitely, there definitely are challenges um, with being a journalist in Hong Kong. And I think that for Harbor Times in particular, I think there are added challenges, but also benefits of um, being a remote team based all around the world. And I'm sure Charlotte could speak to that as well. I mean, it's always easier in some ways to work with a team who you can see and interact with face to face and in person. Uh, so we have to work around a lot of the time zone. <laughs> uh, the time zone differences are 
always a challenge. I think that's given in any um, any industry where there's remote work. But I think um, in particular with Harbor Times, that's something that we uh, definitely work around, but we also it also brings certain advantages to what we do as well. Um, I would say that actually COVID-19 has made um, journalism particularly challenging to, to do what we do in Hong Kong. It's made, um, it's actually because of COVID-19 that we lost, uh, Harbor Times lost a lot of its funding that kept us going and it, um, and we're very, very grateful for the community who help, who help keep Harbor Times going through uh, donations or premium subscriptions to High Tide because that's the majority, that's if not, if the majority, if not all of our uh, income to keep us going. But COVID definitely made that difficult for everybody. Um, and we definitely, uh, being journalists at Harbor Times, we definitely, definitely felt that. It was a hard, hard hit. Um, and also just independent journalism, independent English journalism, in Hong Kong isn't known to be the most, you know, publicly supported or funded industry in the city. So because of that, we definitely rely on the people who read us to support us and, you know, um, put their, um, support us with their dollar really. So those would be the main challenges that I would, that I would say I've experienced working in Hong Kong's new scene and, um, maybe Charlotte has something something to add to that as well. Being being a young being a young writer in Hong Kong. Well, yeah, like you mentioned, the writing an English um, publication in Hong Kong isn't something that would be catered to most of the locals. So our target audience is mostly like international um, based people or expats in Hong Kong. I'm guessing, and. Um, so that's what I think is one of the main challenges of writing as a publication in Hong Kong. Um, there, with High Tide as well, we try and deliver the news in a more lighthearted and sort of witty kind of way um, to just sort of lighten up some of the news that we might be bringing to the table. And I personally think that we, um, as a writer, you have to know how to approach whatever news you're delivering with the correct tone. So you have to um, mind the heaviness or lightness of the subject when you're writing about it, know when to add in jokes and when not to. So it's a very much kind of read the room situation. That's very interesting to hear. Like usually when I think about journalism, like definitely it's not something that's very common or very much talked about in Hong Kong. But like the way you talked about it, how you have to cater to the audience with like different tones or like the more appropriate tone um, in like regarding different news. I think like that's something that we should also bear in mind. Um, also one thing like Charlotte, you mentioned how you like learn to write in the right way, essentially. Do you have any tips or um, anything you've learned over um, the past period of time you've been writing at Harbor Times? Um, yeah, so one thing I really loved about writing at High Tide um, is my ability to to like develop my own writing voice and sense of comfort with putting words on the page. Since I think it's really important that the reader gets a sense of who you really are as a person because it's you they're wanting to connect to. 
and so it, it's important that you put your own trademark in there, sort of your own style, maybe put in a few little jokes or puns that they can smile and laugh at and brighten up their day just in this like quick little moment. Oh, that's really sweet. Um, I mean, I would love to read your news or any of your newsletters. So please do forward them to me. Um, and you mentioned about how like you would connect with your audience through your writing and really to hear your voice, your own voice. Um, I was wondering, are there any particular um, like newsletters that you've written that you remember the most or any stories that are particularly meaningful to you, like both of you? Um, so for me, the one I remember is the one I most recently wrote after coming off an extended um, exam leave. And that one was one where I really felt that I settled back into my groove and um, just threw in a lot of jokes and puns in there to you know mark my return and um as for some of the stories that are more meaningful to me i particularly like focusing on stories about the hong kong community so occasionally when i heard about the story about like hong kong helpers who were getting kicked out by their employers that was like a really um devastating piece of news to hear and so um i especially tried to be um, more sensitive and have like a more appealing tone when writing this piece because it's, um, I think High Tide can be a venue to appeal to the public for help to like show their support for these causes. That's one thing I think is really important in journalism. I would say for me personally, one of my favorite or most memorable adventures doing High Tide is our leader of the week series. It was a weekly series in 2021 and now it's more of an occasional series for whenever we have guests to be featured as our leader of the week. And it's honestly brought us um, with, in contact and in touch with so many really, really cool, um, really cool locals and really cool artists and entrepreneurs and industry leaders to come and talk about what they do and share with our readers what what they do and you know the impact that they have on our community for example um, one memorable one in particular is harry harrison who is a satirical cartoonist at uh, the south china morning post he came on as our leader of the week one week and he was absolutely fantastic. He did um, a small series of drawings and he colored them in and they were absolutely delightful. He was, he was an absolute pleasure to have um, as our leader of the week. We've also had the shark conservationist for the WWF come on as a leader of the week and in leader of the week's early days, which was particularly um, great for me because I absolutely love sharks so it was it made me so happy for when I reached out um and he agreed to it it was that was a particularly nice moment because because I'm a big fan of sharks and shark conservation so um that's just a couple of examples of of leader of the week and um that's definitely been a highlight of of my work of of doing high tide 
That sounds so lovely. Like I, on one hand, you talked about how you know all these um, amazing, amazing people um, go on this platform of Leader of the Week, and they make you see like their work. But also at the same time, I think like the platform of Leader of the Week or of Harbor Times, it's really what showcases the work of these amazing people. Because without a platform, um, like they wouldn't be they wouldn't be able to showcase the work that. They've been doing um, to like a broader audience, so I think that's also how like um, journalism plays a really really important role in sharing all these amazing social causes and amazing things that people are doing. And also, side note, Bailey and I are going to be featured as well. Um, so keep an eye out for Harbor Times Instagram. Um, you would also see us on there. Shifting gear slightly, I would like to talk about how, you know, the journalism industry have changed over the years. So right now, Harbor Times, it's um, an independent English media outlet is focusing, um, I guess, more on, you know, digital uh, news outlet. So it's uh, you have like the newsletter and you have the website. How do you think like people's behavior and like reading news and consuming information has changed over the years and how has Harbor Times adapted to that? I mean, I can definitely speak to that. Um, basically, back in Harbor Times early days, having a news newsletter um, through an email newsletter was more or less unheard of. It wasn't very popular. And I think over the last five or so, or five or six, seven years, um, having news briefings delivered through email newsletters has exploded and grown so much, partly in due to Morning Brew, which is an American, uh, an American daily newsletter um, that's focused on business, Wall Street, etc. Um, and they're based in the US. Um, but that, for example, has led to um, Substack, which is the platform that High Tide is on, and that's a newsletter platform, and that's really, really facilitated um, less traditional newsrooms to form. Um, so, for example, Popular Information is a big one, also American-based. Um, there's, and of course, there's High Tide, um, which is, you know, just, just um, a group of young journalists who care about the news um, and want to report on the news in a way that hasn't been done before. And I think that with, with Substack, that we're definitely seeing a big shift in how people want to consume their news. And it definitely makes news in some ways more accessible. Um, and it definitely has allowed Harbor Times, which is a very small publication, to um, be seen by more people. So I think that that is one um, particular change in journalism that I've been very much, um, I've, that I've very much witnessed and have also become a part of. Um, and, you know, it's, it's really cool to see where, where that goes in, in the coming years. Um, and it's very much validating to, to have had um, our Harbor Times less traditional take on news in Hong Kong be recognized. So for example, in 2021, I was, uh, I was part of the 
MJ Bear Fellowship, which is under the Online News Association, and it recognizes young journalists under the age of 30 who are pushing innovation in digital news. So that's an example of um, how journalism is changing. And I think it's, it's very exciting to, very exciting to see and very exciting to talk about and see where that goes. Yeah, definitely. And I was just thinking like with this rise of, you know, like short form content, would digital news really um, combine with like more visual elements? So maybe like even short videos, um, like embedded in emails. I don't know. Like I'm just throwing this out there, but I feel like um, with the rise of, you know, like TikTok, um, Instagram reels and all that, this might also be a trend that it's going. So like journalism, sometimes you might think of that as like, old school newspapers but really it isn't and there's much more behind that um and i'm really really excited for the work that harbor times is going to do in the future so as we wrap up this podcast we have also a few questions that we ask every guest so first off what is a change maker to you so you can define change maker in your own words whether it's in the journalism industry or anywhere else um well if i'd like i'd like to start um a change maker to me is someone who makes things happen, who sees the injustice in the world and decides to take matters into their own hands, and um, someone who strives to be like, um, what's the word, like, not forceful, but um, have like a sense of direction and purposeful in their daily interactions with other people and just try to and make a positive change going in the direction where they want the world to turn. Beautiful. I mean, like that that's really essentially what everyone should try and is trying to do. Jasmine? Yes, um, I was thinking about this earlier and for me, a change maker, to put it simply, is someone with strong convictions who acts on them and is loyal to them. That's very simply how I would put it. And I would definitely agree with everything else that Charlotte has said. Yep, definitely, same here. Um, So like both of you are amazing females um, doing all the amazing work in the journalism industry. And um, for some context, Never Too Early, our podcast is under the Entrepreneurs Network, which is a network connecting female entrepreneurs around the world. And so one question we ask every guest that comes on is, who is one female entrepreneur, activist, or change maker you look up to? I'm happy to start with this one. Um, So I was thinking about this and for me, one female entrepreneur and activist who I look up to is a longtime friend of mine, I've known her since we were 16, 17 years old. We went to the same high school. We graduated from the same high school. We're both from the same um, city in Canada and we're both part of the Hong Kong diaspora. Um, her name's Matha Sun. She is a social entrepreneur in, in based in London. She is She runs the East London Strippers Collective, which is a collective, well, it's pretty self-explanatory. It's a collective um, in based in London supporting strippers, sex workers, which I think is incredibly important. I think it's incredibly groundbreaking the work, the work that she 
does to bring awareness and fight against discrimination um, and prejudice that runs rampant around the world um, against the people who are in that industry. And she is currently doing her master's degree, um, a master's in innovation and social entrepreneurship at the London School of Economics in order to help her facilitate her work at the ELSC and to help make that grow and to help, you know, to, to put business expertise and entrepreneurship expertise behind her, her fight to strive for better conditions for sex workers in London, but also around the world. And one great thing that she does, she hosts a life drawing, she hosts a life drawing class. Um, she hosts a life drawing class, which welcomes uh, local, local strippers, performers to um, be the subject of the class. And I believe it runs, I'm not sure how often it runs, but it's it's a fantastic endeavor and I support it wholeheartedly. And I think she does fantastic work. And I definitely think that um, definitely, definitely something to keep, keep an eye on. Um, for me, the female entrepreneur I really look up to is a woman named Fatou Kaba. So she's not as well known as um, some of the other female entrepreneurs, but she is a um, she's the founder of a social justice platform that empowers youth based in um, Monrovia or in uh, Liberia, West Africa, I believe. And um, this platform is called Knowledge Empowers Youth. So basically, she's working towards educating the youth in Africa. And I think that education is seriously an important thing that all children should have access to, which is why I believe her cause is super important and worthy of supporting. I really love that. And that is a perfect segue into our next question, which is um, also empowering youth through not only knowledge, but also your advice. Um, so what is one final piece of advice you would give to ambitious, excited youth out there looking to make a difference, perhaps in the journalism industry? Um, the advice I would give is just to keep going. So um, in James Clear's Atomic Habits, which is like a fantastic book I would recommend, he proposes like a five minute rule, which is scaling a passion down to a really simple action that can be done in five minutes. So that just like promotes getting rid of procrastinating and makes the whole task seem less challenging, which I found is a really great idea to just keep going and make a little bit of progress every day. So entrepreneurs, including yourself, are all really like daring people. And I, all the same, it gets tough sometimes. So I would advise um, the youth out there to just try and think of it in baby steps. Yes, and I love Atomic Habits. It's one of the best books out there. So I've actually wanted to be a journalist or I've aspired to be a journalist since I was about 16, 17 years old. So I'm well acquainted with, um, I'm, I'm well acquainted with, you know, what it's like to kind of hustle from a young age and go after your dreams. And my advice would be to, from, you know, specifically for my situation was, I would advise that you put yourself out there. I cold emailed people. I looked for job ads on Craigslist. Craigslist. I worked as um, a freelance journalist for free. I wasn't paid for any of this. I would 
I was passionate about concerts and music. So I interviewed bands. I went to concerts and reviewed them. I went to music festivals and reviewed them. It was, it was excellent. And it was a great way to get myself out there. Um, and I would also, you know, Harbor Times, I started out as an intern for Harbor Times. And, you know, years later, that was, yeah, five years ago. So definitely put yourself out there. Harbor Times is how I began to put myself out there when I was in university. So, and it's, in my opinion, Charlotte may um, agree or disagree, but I think writing for Harper Times as an intern was such a fantastic way for me to get experience, exposure, to network, and really just motivate myself. Um, but I also want to warn um, you young and ambitious folks to not burn yourself out. Um, harness like you've got a lot of energy you've got so much of it and I envy you <laughs> because I'm not that young anymore I mean I'm still young but um definitely harness your energy make the most of it but also get to know yourself um get to know yourself well enough so that you know the telltale signs of burnout and how to take care of yourself when you're burning out find your support network, build your support network of people who are like-minded and supportive of what you do, but also find people who you can have healthy disagreement and healthy debates with. Um, and I think those are all important things for young and ambitious entrepreneurs to keep in mind. I love that. And really, please don't burn yourselves out. It's very stressful, especially um, Charlotte and I are both like almost going into our like college application seasons and it's going to be stressful but please bear in mind that um, you should also always give yourself a break so last question is for those who want to follow harbor times journey how can they do that so like instagram linkedin wherever you guys are active on so we're pretty easy to find we're uh, you can get all our social networks on our website, harbortimes.com. Our Instagram and Twitter handle is at harbortimes. Facebook is at harbortimeshk. You can find us on Substack at harbortimes. You can just look for us on there. Or it's our URL is harbortimes.substack.com. And we're pretty easy to find. So if you can't find us, just also Google Harbor Times Hong Kong and we'll, we'll pop up. You'll find yep. us. Perfect. Um, and all links will be in the description below. So once again, thank you guys for coming on. Um, in Hong Kong, it's quite late, but it was an amazing conversation and really learned a lot about journalism, which I never really um, looked into before. So thank you guys for so much amazing insight. And thanks for all the advice you've given me and our listeners. Huge thank you for tuning in to this podcast. We hope we taught you something today. If you would like to hear the insights of other young changemakers, tune into this podcast every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Hong Kong time, which is GMT plus 8. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. To stay updated and involved, follow at nevertooearly.pod on Instagram. We have all the links in the description of this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Talk to you next week.